Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want you to open up your Bibles to Proverbs 18. We're in a sermon series called Exo Relationships, which I think is beautiful. And Pastor Jordan talked about how sharing is caring. He, he talked about how important it is for us to be self-aware, you know, and know what we're doing and what we're causing and be aware of ourselves and each other. I, I think it's great. I want to talk to you today about speaking life speaking life. I mean, you know that it's important that uh, that we speak life in our homes and to one another and in our world. Amen? I just think it's absolutely paramount that we speak life. And uh, the, the, the main verse I want to share with you, many of you have heard it many times before in Proverbs 18, 21. It's this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. In other words, here's the way I unpack it. You and I are going to consume what we produce. You are going to eat or consume what you produce, the fruit, right? We call it produce. <laughs> you're you're going to, what you produce from your tongue. And from your tongue, your, 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 your whole life is being consumed by the things you're saying, whether it's life, check this out, or death. That my whole life is, is I am, I am, I am consuming, I'm experiencing, I am partaking of the very things that are coming out of my mouth. I've come to realize, man, if that's governing my mouth to such a degree, I need to be careful what I say. I need to be mindful of the words that I use. I need to speak, come on, say it, life. I don't want to speak death. I want to speak Life. Jesus said it this way. It's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth. I mean, we're all watching what we go and put in our mouth. I mean, we started at the beginning of the year with a fast. I think you guys did too. And we're always watching our calories. We're always watching our macros. We're watching our gluten. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I need gluten. I love gluten. You know, I can't, I, but I can't have cilantro. I can't have cilantro. And there's some, some of you, my friend is so allergic to cilantro. He, he at every restaurant, there's no cilantro in anything because, man, he's off to the hospital. He watches what goes in his mouth. But listen to me. Jesus said, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. And if we want to build a healthy home, if we want to build a strong marriage, and if we want to have healthy friendships, if we want to have great father-son, mother-daughter relationships, we need to be mindful of what comes out of our mouth. We need to be mindful in what we're doing and what we're building because the way uh, I see it is this. In Hebrews 11.3, check this verse out. It's pretty strong. By faith, we understand that God's spoken word, check this out. Say the next word loud and strong, everybody. Come on. Pray. Say it again. You framed this world by the words you used. And I'm going to say this to you. You ready? You're framing your marriage by the words you use. You're framing your, your parent-children relationship by the words you use. You're framing your business 
and your relationship with your employees by the words that you use. You're building it. You're framing it. Because you're made in the image of God. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes, you are. You're made in the image of God. And if God has framed, framed the world by the things he spoke, and you're made in the image of God, and he's given you the power of life and death, then here's what basically he's saying. Ready? I'm giving you the right to frame your world. Frame it. And if you want to build something cookie cutter, and just like the world, and just like culture, you just talk like the world, and use the world's world words, and use the world's vernacular, and use the world's ways, and the way they talk, and the way they put people down, and the way they, they, they discriminate. You just keep building your world like that. That's the world you'll have. Come on, somebody. Or you can build something not cookie cutter, but custom. I want a custom-built world. I want a custom-built home. I want a custom-built marriage. I don't want just some cookie-cutter marriage with Jackie. I mean that. I don't just say that just because I'm up here. I want something custom. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to have what everybody else. I want to have what God would want me to have, and I want to build something custom, and we build it by the words we say. Doesn't the Bible say, let me just reinforce it a little bit more. Doesn't the Bible say, because I want you to know the power that you have, the power that you have with this right here. Doesn't the Bible say that God's words will not return void? In other words, that when he says it, it happens. It's somehow it creates. It begins to frame. It go up. Okay? And if I'm made in his image, then my words don't return void. So what I say over my kids, why? They just don't, you know, return void. If I say something life-giving, I believe it's building something life-giving in them. But if I speak something that's life-taking to them, I believe they don't return void. It takes something from them. If my word does not return void, but it accomplishes what I sent it to do, then every time you say something, it's accomplishing the very things it's saying. This is why 1 Peter says this, and this is sobering, man. This is so, 1 Peter 4.11 says, if any man speaks, let him speak, come on, as if, say the next word, everybody. As if God was speaking. Why in the world would Peter tell me to talk as if God's talking? I think he's letting me know how, how valuable, how powerful, how constructive or destructive my words can be. And I need to be careful that when I talk, I need to know that I have power in my mouth to build my kids' lives, to build my marriage, to build my home, to build the church that I'm pastoring at, to build you up or to tear you down. And I want to be like God. Amen, somebody? And that's, that's the heart that we want to have. And I just, I just think it's important that we understand that. So I want to give you four simple words I want you to write down. I mean, they're just four simple words. Get your iPhone out. Just write these four words down. I just think it's essential because these are four powerful words that I really think are tools to help you frame or help you build your home, build your relationships, and to build your friendships, and to just build your world. 
because I want you to build a beautiful world. God's world is beautiful, isn't it, everybody? I mean, just think about the earth. Think of how beautiful the earth is. You know, and he spoke, and this world became so gorgeous. He said, let there be a sky, let it be blue, and hey, 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 let there be oceans. And, you know, uh, how many of you have been to Destin? Let me, let, me, let me see your hand. You know God spent a little extra time in Destin. <laughs> don't, don't get jealous now, because you're up here. You chose to be in a different time zone. Hear me. The reality is, is that God spent a little extra time in Destin, but let's just be honest, the beaches are gorgeous. I mean, the mountains are beautiful in Colorado. I mean, they're just, the whole world is beautiful. Now, look at when some of these telescopes and these, these, these satellites go to Mars and Jupiter and Saturn. Does anything look custom there? Does anything look beautiful there? It's not even life there. They're trying to find something. Oh, I think we found a rock with a little moisture on it. Oh, whoop-de-doo. The reality is God spoke here and custom-built this planet. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? All those other planets, they have a little different thing. They're all cookie-cutter, dry, arid, lifeless. And and, and I didn't make any great grades in science, but, I mean, I can tell a beautiful planet when I see one. And I know which one I want to live on. And I know Elon Musk wants to take us to Mars, but I'm not going. (laughs) But the reality is, I want us to write these four words down, and I want you to build and frame a beautiful marriage, beautiful relationships. Number one, bless. Say it with me, bless. Say it again. I want you to forge the future by blessing. You can bless and forge the future or curse and hinder the future. But you have the power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Blessing or cursing are in the power of your tongue. And I want to forge the future. And I I just believe it's so essential that today we forge the future, that we bless one another. You know, it's so essential that we do so. The Bible tells us when God had his two kids in Adam and Eve, he said, let's make man in our image, and our likeness. And he made them Adam, male, and Eve, female. Right, everybody? Just checking. Just checking. When he made them that way, I want you to see this in Genesis chapter one. It's essential. Bring it up, please. It says, and God did what to them? Say it, everybody. Come on, say it again. He blessed them. Yeah, the first thing out of his mouth was, I want your future to be essentially productive and powerful. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, let me unpack that. Because fruitful and multiply can seem very synonymous. Well, if it's fruitful, that means there's lots. So it's multiplied. And if we're multiplying, we're fruitful. No, they're separate. And I think this is important that we understand, especially in our parenting, okay? That God is looking at his kids and he said, I want you to be fruitful. Uh, See, something that is fruitful is the full expression of a fruit. Okay, an oak tree is the full expression of an acorn. Yes or no? Of course. Okay, and an apple is the full expression of a seed. And so God is telling them, I want you to be the full expression of who I made you. And I want you to take your identity and begin to implement that and use it to forge your future. 
I'm convinced today that you, moms and dads, have the power to forge the future for your children by blessing them and telling them, like when I dedicated Roman Wells, you're a mighty man of God, a godly man. You will serve God. You will get married to a beautiful woman because God made you an incredible I am forging his identity. Am I making sense, everybody? Now, the culture will bombard you with crazy thoughts. Your feelings will lie to you. Your friends will mock you if you're certain. Uh, It doesn't matter. All I know is this. As a mom and a dad, as a granddad, and as a grandma, you have the power to forge the future, the identity of your children and grandchildren. Somebody say amen. I just believe that. God is looking at Adam and Eve and says, be who I made you to be. Be how I made you to be. I want you to be the full expression of me. And then I want you to take that and multiply it. Not something changed, not something marred, something beautiful. And then he said, I want you to not only have your identity, I want you to have your prosperity. I want you to be successful. I want you to be successful. I mean, that God wants you to be successful. I mean, I just love it when when Jackie prays for me and, you know, and she knows my day and I'm going on. Who, who are you meeting with? Today? I got about three meetings and she'll tell me, you know, like, well, who are you meeting with? And I'll tell her who I'm meeting with. And she'll say, may God give you wisdom in this counseling session. May God give you strategy in this business meeting. May God just go before you. You know what I'm saying? And she'll just, just bless me. Why? Because she's speaking words that'll forge my future and my day. Am I making sense, everybody? The power of blessing your, I mean, you got to look at your kids and say, hey, you're going to get fractions today. You're going to know the difference between a quarter and a half. Yeah, it's going to come to you. The revelation of a fraction is going to hit you like a ton of bricks today. Come on. I mean, mean, what are you going to say? You ain't going to get it. You ain't going to make it. Is that what you're going to say to your kid? I mean, you have the power. Come on. My mom for 23 years. I'm not joking. 23 years every Friday. You, you do 23 times 52. She'll call me. She'll text me. I'm ready to bless you for the weekend. Since October 7th, 2001, or October 5th, the Friday before, she texts me. She'd say, hey, I'm ready to bless you. Text me when you're ready. I'll text her and she'll call me. There's times where she's been, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm in Hawaii. She's, I mean, it, it comes up in crazy times of the day. I'll be in Europe. I'm ready to bless your weekend, whether I'm preaching or not. She did it to me two days ago, Friday night at the hotel. And there's times when she can't reach me and I'm in a speaking engagement or something and she'll leave me a voicemail. But, you know, with an iPhone, you can only leave it for four minutes. And then it just goes dead. But you know what? She calls again. I wasn't done. And she just keeps on. She just keeps on. She's just blessing, blessing. She's a blessing machine. I can't show you. I've got them all saved. I got them all saved. You just scroll down my voicemails. It's yeah, 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 yeah. That's Greek for grandma. Yeah, just all I got. And I get discouraged. I play one. <laughs> just put it right over my head like she's laying hands on me. Just go ahead, honey. Talk, talk. Why? I'm 
Listen to me. You have the power to bless, to forge the future, and to forge the identity and the prosperity of your friends, your family, your children. Don't, don't, don't. Don't curse, bless. Because by the way, I want you to write this key thought down and I'll move on. Because words don't evaporate. Words accumulate. Words don't evaporate. Well, those just words. Listen to me. Words, listen to me. If you've ever been wounded, you know. Words don't evaporate. They accumulate. And you can accumulate blessing, blessing. I mean, just think about 23 years every Friday, the num- like varnish on a piece of wood. That thing is just so thick. She's just, my mom has just blessed the fire off me. And I see the fruit of it. Why? What she does. Because, because this is why you have to realize words don't evaporate. They accumulate. So you have to be careful of harsh words. Can I hear a good amen? Because they accumulate too. And we don't want to speak harsh words. We want to hear great words because I think it's essential. Number two, write this, write this word down. Praise. Everybody say praise. praise. See, we're going to praise, not put down. You never bring the best out of somebody by putting them down. You never bring the best out of somebody by comparing them with somebody else. You never try to use negative motivation by trying, why can't you just be more like, you you won't bring the best out of somebody by putting them down. You bring the best out of them by praising them. I never saw it more so than in Matthew 13, because in Matthew 13, they couldn't bring the best out of Jesus. Here it is. It's not this, the carpenter's son. He goes to his hometown. Is not his mother called Mary. And his brethren, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And they took offense at him. Now check this out, because this will happen in your home. And this is why you got to be careful. You can do this even with your friends. The reality is this. When you know somebody, when you know something about somebody, when you're familiar, because familiarity can breed contempt, okay? You can begin to question somebody, judge something, judge somebody, know something about them. You can begin to use that against them and put them down. Like when Jackie and I have a skirmish and, you know, and, and, and I was like, well, God, you sound just like your mother. I mean, you know, the gloves come off when you say something like that. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you sound like, you know, yeah. see, what happens is I take something that I know about Jackie and her upbringing and her family. I know your mother and I know what you do. And I use it against her. Instead of praising her and lifting her up, I put her down. Am I making sense, everybody? And it's dangerous because the people there in Bethlehem is like, yeah, we know your mama. There was a little something sketchy going on. Wasn't it when she got pregnant and she wasn't really fully married to Joseph? Wasn't there something sketchy going on? Who do you think you are? And we know what you do. You're just a carpenter. You're not some professor. Why should we listen to you? What do you know? And lo and behold, instead of bringing the best out of them, Look at, look, at, look at verse 58. This will shock the fire out of you. Check this out. He did not do many miracles there. Now think about that for a second. Everything they needed in Jesus was in him. Let me say that again. Everything they needed from him was in him. They just didn't know how to bring it out in him. 
because they didn't know how to honor him and praise him. They only knew how to put him down because of things they knew about him. Am I, are you getting this, everybody? The power of praise. Isn't that why we worship the Lord and we call it praise and worship? Then doesn't God inhabit the what? The praises of it. In other words, God doesn't just show up. He shows out. You bring the best out of him. I've been touched more in a praise and worship service than anything. I'm just telling God how much I need him, how much I love him, how he's holy, like Pastor Jordan was sharing today. No one can do what you can do. You are separate and holy. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what he's saying to, to God. And I just, a surge comes in me. A, a touch comes on me. Why? Because you bring the best out of people when you praise them. This is why the the same person, the same person can flourish in one environment and die in another. That's why some employees have flourished in one environment and, 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 and died and withered in another, in one marriage, but flourished in another. What happened? You changed. No, I changed environments. Environments make a difference. Amen, somebody. And the environment of your home will determine whether your spouse is flourishing, your children are flourishing, your company's flourishing. Why? Because of the environment that I create with this. This. That's right here. If it's constant comparison and put down and criticism and who flourishes under that? I don't. I tell Jackie, tell me how great I am over and over and over. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. It's so important that we understand the power, really the power of all this. Number three, write this down. It's important. Reach. Everybody say reach. Say it again. You can rescue people. Oh, my gosh. I can forge the future of others. I can bring the best out of others. We're framing our home now, okay? I can rescue others. There's two kinds of people you need to rescue. I want you to write this down. I'm not going to come up on the screen. You need to rescue people that are lost and people that have been lied to. You have the power to rescue people that are lost and go into hell. You have the power to say something to them and rescue them from eternal hell. You have the power to share truth with someone that'll bring down the lies that they're in and trapped in. People that are lost and lied to need to be rescued. Somebody say amen. There is, and we're surrounded by people like that. This is why the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, 15, it says this as it comes up, instead, we will, come on, say the next word, everybody. Yeah. The truth and love. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, okay? Silence sometimes is good, but silence can also be sinful. Let me, let, let me say that again. Silence can be sinful because you have the truth that can set somebody free from a lie. Come on. You have the truth that could set someone free from hell. And the Bible says, 
In Romans, I think I have it up here on the screen. I didn't share it in the lesser, but Romans 10, 14, how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone, come on, tells them? See, this is where silence sometimes can be extremely sinful because God says, you've got the power to rescue somebody. You have the power to rescue somebody. I was telling this, this one young lady came to me and she was just, she was distraught because somebody told her because when she was a teenage girl, she had an abortion. And she said, well, I was told by somebody that I could never be forgiven and that God would never forgive me or accept me. And I've committed the unpardonable sin and I'm going to hell. And I looked at her and I said, who told you that? I said, because that's not true. You're living in a lie. And I'm here to tell you that there's an incredible number of people that have committed some incredible number of atrocities and sins in the Bible, from David you know, to Moses, people that have murdered themselves in the Bible. Paul, the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. I said, and God forgave them when they repented. And they said, I'm sorry, with godly repentance. God said, I forgive you and made it as if he never, ever, ever done that. You can be forgiven. She came alive. She came alive. She had been so beaten, abused spiritually, lied to, weeping. She came alive. She said, really? I said, yes. I said, I want to pray with you right now. I want you to come alive. I spoke the truth. Come on. I spoke the truth in love. That's the power of being able to speak to someone and to rescue them and to help them where they're at. Because I just believe you and I have the power to rescue people with what we say. Let me give you another picture real quick. I want you to see how important it is that we speak up, okay? I'm going to show you something. I'm going to drop a Leviticus verse on you right now. This is serious. You, you, I'm going deep here. I didn't go this way in the eight, eight o'clock. They were too asleep for me to talk to them. Listen to me. Look, look at this. If a person sins because he does not speak, what? Come on, say it again. Let's start again. Start again because you, you need a little espresso here. If a person sins because he does not speak, when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he has been seen or learned about, he will be held responsible. If you were a witness to a crime and you knew that that person was about you saw, you knew that he was guilty. Would you speak up? Or would you stay silent so he could be free to go commit other atrocities and violate other children or other women? Or would you say, hey, he's guilty and I don't want him to commit other sins. I want to rescue future victims. Would you speak up, yes or no? If I was being charged for something that you knew I was innocent of and I was unjustly with injustice falsely accused of something and you had the testimony and the witness and you knew I was nowhere near the scene of the crime and you can keep me from going to jail unfairly and unjustly, would you speak up, yes or no? Yes. I'm looking at you too, especially, honey. Would you speak up? <laughs> yes, 
She's my best alibi. Yeah. Do you realize the power that you have to rescue people? Come on, somebody. To rescue future people that could be hurt or endangered, lied to, headed to hell, or people that have been unjustly been told some lies that you can set free. Come on, baby. We're going to bless. We're going to praise. What's the third one? We're going to reach. And here's the last one. We're going to mend people. We're going to heal hurting people. I, I just, I say them so you can try to remember them. To mend. And that's just to make whole the hearts of others. How many know that there's wounded people everywhere? Oh, it just doesn't take long to just listen. Go to lunch with somebody. Sit in the break room with a cup of coffee with somebody. Before you know it, you'll hear their pain. You'll hear their wound. You'll hear their rejection. You'll hear it, and you have the power to mend it. Let me show you the proverb that's up on the screen. If you'd bring it up, please, you guys. The words of the reckless, come on, pierce like, but the tongue of the wise brings. Think about this, because reckless people with reckless words leave wounded people everywhere. And you and I could be like the good Samaritan. where we find someone that crosses our path. This is so, this is just being Jesus, man. You find someone that just crossed your path, like the Good Samaritan did. We found some man that was half alive. That man was wounded and robbed and stripped and left for dead. See, the person at your workstation, the person in your Break room, your friend at the lunch table or Starbucks or your spouse that you're newly married to might have been robbed and stripped, not physically, but emotionally, self-image, self-worth. Just listen to how they talk about themselves, their future whether they even like themselves. Why? Because somebody recklessly, recklessly wounded them. Recklessly pierced their heart. And they're bleeding. And you and I, the tongue of the wise brings healing. This is why, this is why when we bless, we praise, we reach and mend, there was this, uh, I read this story about this little girl that was born with a cleft lip. My son was born with a cleft lip. So the story kind of hits at home, and there's this girl named Marianne who was born with a cleft lip, but she had a cleft lip and a cleft palate. And you know, when something's not normal, kids, kids can make fun of things pretty quick, can't they? Kids can be cruel, you know? Kids can pounce on the weakest one, and that way, let's pick on somebody else so I don't get picked on. And this little girl was picked on so viciously because she couldn't help how she was born with a cleft lip and made fun of. And she was in the lunchroom for a hearing test. Remember the, when they used to put a hearing test on? You go to the lunchroom and like, do you hear the beep? Or, beep, 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 beep. You know what I'm saying? They still do that. 
I don't know, maybe I'm just dating myself, but they were doing that, you know, and like, can you hear me? And Miss Leonard, her teacher, got on there and said, Marianne, can you hear me? Nobody else can hear but her. So cool. I don't know why it touches me, but I think it touches me because my son was born with a cleft lip. And she's like, Marianne, can you hear me? I can hear you. Not if you can. I can't have kids. But if I could have kids, I'd want a little girl just like you. Healing flooded that little girl's soul. The power of a word Oh, reckless words can pierce, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I'm going to tell you something, okay? There are wounded people all around us, all around us, even in this room. And we can speak words of life. I want you to stand to your feet real quick. I want, I want...